liftoff and the clock has started. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we are discussing why video game CEOs are overpaid, question mark? Troy Baker using his voice just in the dumbest ways possible, and how to lose $3.5 million by buying one item. To do all this, I have with me, as always, Shannon Twitter on the shit or more. Yeah, that's uh you know i i like to i i'm not good with twitter and so mm-hmm. i try to come up with like these little zingers but like because only 20 people like you know follow me it's like screaming into the wind uh so yeah you know they 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 fall on deaf ears a lot of times so i i, ca- I count on the heavy hitters such as yourself and some of my other friends to uh pass on the good word um but yeah I, you know you gotta feel like a lot of these people a lot of these content creators are just checking their twitter feeds while they're crapping right i mean like there's a lot of poop talk going on on twitter yeah heavy hitters like myself with my 300 followers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like i don't know like like almost 10 times more than i got so you know well it's not it's not like i'm a beyonce or kanye over here with my follower count so <laughs> but you know who is is our next host oh <laughs> and that would be justin a wordle a day carter wow dude it's been my latest obsession like i don't normally post on twitter and i know that's all i've been posting on twitter lately is just my wordle a day and you and I've the got... rest of uh fucking the internet it seems it's like that's what's weird is wordle is is like earlier this week I saw it all over my feed, but then I really haven't seen it since. And then I got uh, my friends Tanner and Troy into it, and we just kind of created our own thread on Twitter where every day we just kind of share uh, how many guesses it took us to get it. You know, I think I finally hit that like old man level where like I missed a trend. I didn't. I don't know anything about Wordle. I don't care to know anything about Wordle. I see it on the Twitter feeds, and I'm just like, whatever, Wordle fuck you um but uh yeah i don't don't know enlighten me what is what is wordle all right so wordle is this like it's this like developed by some dude in the uk it's a website that you go to where every day there is a new five letter word that you have to guess you get no hints um when you type in you get six guesses and when you type in the word it tells you which letters like if it's green it means it's the correct letter and it's in the correct spot for the word. If it's brown, it means the that letter is in the word somewhere, but it does not belong in that spot. And then if it's just black or whatever, then it means it's not in the word at all and it was a miss. And so you have six guesses based off the hints you get by typing in the words to figure out what letters go where and figure out what the word is in six guesses. So it's kind of like a more intense hangman. Basically, I mean, it's like a mix of like, there's been game shows like that, you know, it's like, I guess, 
kind of, I don't know, I was going to say like Boggle or something or like something along like those lines, like in almost any type of like word game that's like existed. It's just has its own little unique twist. But I think the reason why it's taken off as much as it has is because of the share feature, which is pretty cool where when you post it to Facebook, Twitter, whatever, it uses the emojis and it shows you basically your guesses, like the little yellow cubes are the little um it's the right letter, but it's in the wrong spot, the green cubes. So basically you're sharing your answer without sharing what the actual word is, which I think is what makes it really unique and stuff and very, you know, gets shared the word around and people are like, what the fuck is this like weird green yellow cube that's flooding my feed on Twitter and stuff that everyone's (laughs) trying to figure out. Awesome. Um, If we're talking about you feel old because you missed a trend, uh, have you seen the Coachella 2022 lineup, Shannon? No, I so, have not seen it either. Let's play a little game. <laughs> um, okay. And I'm going to read you just the two biggest fonts from the three days. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so we're not going deep cut on the lineups here. We're just the two biggest fonts off the poster. And I want you to keep count of how many of these acts you've heard of. Not even that you know. I'm not saying do you have shit on your iPod because you still are an old man with an iPod. But just you've heard the name. Um, yeah, just that you know this person or group exists. That's all I'm asking for. All and, right. and, and I want you to keep count until we get to the end. Don't say it out loud, <laughs> all right? Okay. All right. So Friday, Harry Styles, headliner, and the next, the next biggest font is Lil Baby, Daniel Caesar, Phoebe Bridgers, Big Sean, Grupo Firma, Louis the Child, and Baby Keem. I got one. Saturday. <laughs> Billie Eilish. And then the next smallest. Flume, Megan the Stallion, Disclosure, 21 Savage, Danny Elfman. I'm going to go ahead and say Strome. <laughs> uh, Give On and Anita. With two T's. And then Sunday, we have Ye, which I will tell you right now is Kanye. Uh, Doja Cat. Joji, Mm J-O-J-I. Jamie XX, Run the Jewels. Carol G, Maggie Rogers, Ari Lennox, and Banda MS. I got eight in the three days. I got Eight. nine. <laughs> nine. That, that's that's my point. Like, guys, we've hit the age where, like, those are the bands that will they are counting on people paying money to come see. Those are the top headliners of a three-day festival. Well, it's funny because it's, like, out of the nine that I knew, the only one that I would actually pay money to probably see is Run the Jewels. <laughs> it's the only one. Yeah. That's I would true. actually go with... I mean, di- I would actually go with Disclosure because they're more of a, a, a dance, like a, a dance music, like EDM kind of thing. So we'll that see. Would... That's one of the ones I didn't know. So also, how the hell is Danny Elfman part of that? <laughs> like she's coming out and playing fucking the Beetlejuice soundtrack. Like what the hell? <laughs> I know like... he's like just straight. He's like a palate cleanser for like the rest of the music that's coming out. <laughs> Actually, the one band I would pay money to go see in this lineup, and I didn't talk about them, but they play Friday. They are in 
two smaller font size down on the poster is Idols. And if you like punk music, you should listen to Idols because they fucking rule. Um, but yeah, yeah, guys, it's time. It's passing, passing us by these kids and their damn music. And we are not invited anymore, apparently. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know where the, the line begins of am I out of touch with the music industry to is this just Coachella's lineup, though? Like, I mean, I could look at a sure. work tour lineup and probably know more of them than I would Coachella. And I mean, sure, that's part of it is just, you know, your musical taste comes into play. But, but these are also like, quote unquote, probably the biggest acts in the world right now on some level. Like, that's kind of what Coachella does. And dog, I haven't heard a Harry Styles song in my life. Like, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I've I know heard, who he is. Yeah. But I mean, I've heard like maybe two or three songs of his and like, yeah, they're cool. Um, But yeah, that's about it. I, is I he the dude that's uh, Eros? Yes. Yeah. Or yeah. From the Eternals. Yeah. 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 That's him. <laughs> I knew I knew he, it was one of the styles. You're like, oh, my God, it's Eros. He's got a he's got a song about watermelon that is essentially just like an ode to like oral sex, um, which is great for the teens to be listening to these days. But uh, other than that, you know, I mean, oh, you want to break down the shit we were listening to when we were 13? <laughs> Can we talk a little Rex in effects rump shaker? Like, you know, <laughs> Oh man! Oh, uh, what was it? Uh, Too close by Next, dude. You know, oh, that, that, that yeah. was like the jam in 1998. <laughs> Little uh, Daisy Dukes, you know, like mm-hmm. come on. Oh, go back old school. Do like extreme more than words. Like every girl thought that was like a love song, and it was just like no. It was like a dude just saying, "If you love me, like show me." Like just yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, that 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 goes to the rich tradition of Elvis Presley, who had a nationwide hit with a little less talk and a little more action. You know, oh, yeah. like, yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <sighs> but yes, the kids and their damn music. It's an endless cycle. I can't <laughs> wait for my children to discover music of, of their own that I can tell them is awful instead of, you know, my music. <clears throat> yeah, it'll happen. It's already happening. I mean, shit. Like, we went and saw Sing 2. Mm-hmm. That soundtrack has been playing nonstop in this house since they I'm saw sorry. that movie. And uh, yeah, I I was never a big U2 fan to begin with, and I'm really not a U2 fan now. Like, Man, oh my god, you guys! The the minute they paired up with Apple and started just throwing their shit out on your like iTunes playlist when you didn't mm-hmm. even ask for it, that's when I started to get really pissed off with them. Yeah, yeah. Like they haven't uh, been good since '98. I think that would be like when I would stop saying like U2 was a band I listened to. Uh, I kind of dug the like pop album that came out in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. just because it was so goddamn weird. Mm-hmm. Like it was so weird because you know the album before that had the like mysterious ways and some like mm-hmm. yeah you know, one and some bangers on uh-huh. it, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then they released this album that was so just like, did you guys wander in from like a cocaine session in the nineteen seventies? Like what <laughs> the hell happened here? And uh. And also, like, before that came out, like, Bono was at, like, some one of the heights of his, like, you know, 
Irish rights and human rights and all this mm-hmm. stuff, like in the mm-hmm. in the news all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, yeah, and here's our album, Pop. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, okay, sure, I guess. Um, but yeah, I remember thinking that was a really fun like statement at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it had like the it had like the leader of the Sinn Fein on one side, and it had the IRA like leader on the other side. And you were just it, like, and then the album was called Pop, and you were just like, yeah, bro. Right, what? Huh? <laughs> and like and like the lead single was that like crazy ass song discotech mm-hmm. <laughs> it was totally like you two at the height of their powers just being like we can do whatever <laughs> and this shit is gonna sell like i don't even give a fuck you know <laughs> but, i feel yes, like I, everyone hits that point at some point where they're like all right i put out the like four hit albums at the studio once now's my one that i want to do that is going to make no fucking sense and six people are going to buy it, but it's what I want to do. Yeah, once you pay off your debt from the studio and you're just like, yeah, now it's my turn to be creative and then like the studio's not there to help you and you're just like, shit, what do I do? <laughs> well, see, it, it goes like, the cycle's like this. There's the first, the debut album that is magnificent. And this is the cycle if the debut album is one of the best, right? If you if you hear that debut record and it's like, oh my God, where has this been my entire life? It goes, debut album, best thing you've ever heard. And that's because that band has been, or artist has been working on it for about 15 years before you've heard it. And they've got it perfected. They know everything down. Second album comes out and that thing feels really rushed. And that's because it fucking is because that first album was a major hit. And now the label's like, we need to cash in. Give me the next record. And so they take what took them 15 years, smash that shit into like five months and shoot out another record. And guess what? It kind of sucks. Like it kind of sucks. Right. And then comes the third album. And the third album is how about being rich in LA, but kind of unsuccessful blows every time, (laughs) every time. Like I don't even get like every time it's like, man, being in LA and having money, but not being successful kind of sucks. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, why did you make the same record twenty thousand other people have made, dude? I don't know. Come I kind of feel, I kind of feel like Lincoln Park went away, changed that mold a little bit because Lincoln Park came out with their first album and that was a banger, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. that came out at the right time. Everybody loved it. The second album was called Reanimated, which is a remix of all the songs from the first album. So it bought them a bunch of time. They got shit on pretty hard for that. And then, like, oh, I remember with- thinking that was bootsy like i I remember not liking that at all yeah that was that was total garbage and then they came out with meteora which was the third album and that was another banger so like but that was like five years later exactly that's what i'm saying i think that remix album like bottom like basically like a year maybe a two or two years Mm -hmm. because like you were waiting for that new lincoln park (laughs) hotness and they dropped that turd and you were just like dude come on now I was like that that I actually dug the second album. I mean, it was what it was. Like it was just a remix. It's just like a lot of people didn't like the Jay-Z version or whatever of the first album too, but they've played that shit all the time on MTV and it wasn't like that bad. But mm-hmm. I used to sell I used to sell I came out the second album came out when I was in seventh grade. Um and I was selling burned copies of it on the playground <laughs> for Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I was like, people were trading me dark magicians and shit for like CDRs in my backpack of it. So, <laughs> and and for those of you that uh, aren't watching this, uh, Justin did just pop his collar as he said, "I was getting <laughs> traded dark magicians." Yeah, <laughs> like you, like, like he really did something there. Like he was, he was really proud of that. Oh man, this is awesome. Uh, but yes, uh, 
I don't I don't know why it's always the being in LA sucks album after that, but mm -hmm. it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know even how we got on that topic. How the hell did we get out of this topic, Justin? Where are we going? What are we doing? Um, I think we're talking about how Logan Paul somehow managed to lose three and a half million dollars on children's cardboard this week. Yo, Joe! Um, yes, so Logan Paul, the story came out uh, that he... Uh, oh, man, the lawsuits from that auction house are going to be real bad. But, uh, you know, it, it came out in the middle of one of his fighting stories that he bought himself... Uh, was it it was just the one box right yeah it was a box yeah. of original base set pokemon cards but it was unopened sealed and it, it's a box so it has six technically boxes of unopened pokemon yeah. cards in it six like of like 36 boosters or however many that they have in there that were supposedly first edition he bought mm -hmm. them and but he didn't even initially buy them someone else his friend like got it and then sold it to him like bought it for like 2.7 million or something yeah. and then flipped it to him for the 3.5 but he bought it a while back and like posted pictures online of the box and people questioned its authenticity and stuff and said that it looked like it was not legit to the point where it made him question it so then he brought in like official people and shit to like authenticate the box and he made a whole YouTube video of it and stuff of them at this like hotel and they opened it and it's full of G.I. Joe cards, yeah. uh, which awesome. which are about $30 a box. Very <laughs> different. Very different. Um, but yeah, I man, I mean, you can make fun of the Paul brothers like everyone else. That sucks. Like that sucks, dude. Like, yeah. but also kudos on the scammer because the people they brought in from the uh, baseball card exchange who said they would be able to authenticate it. were like, no, nah, they're real. That's a real box. hundred percent. They like went through their whole checklist and everything only to have them open it right in front of them and be like, yeah, then what are these GI Joe cards doing in here? Motherfucker. You know? Well, uh, yeah. That's what was funny in the video. You know, when they're like, we're looking at the box, they're like, yeah, you know, you look at the label, it's worn down. Cause I watched the video and stuff and they're like, yeah, you know, the tape, like everything looks legit. And then they're like, well, let's just cut it open. They cut it open, and like they're looking at the boxes on top. And they're like, oh, you know, this uh, this looks, you know, looks good. Like their first edition, like that's awesome. Uh -huh. And then he goes to pull one of the boxes out, and that like plastic wrap around the box was not tight on it at all. Yeah. And he, they do like jumped back, and he's like, oh no, <laughs> like yeah. this isn't good. And then they lift the one box, and it's like not first edition, and like not even fucking sealed in plastic. And they're like, uh oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, bad oh no. news bears. Oh god. This is what happens um, when you have people who are like baseball card collectors and uh, what was it like? You know, authentic um, that they, they're authenticators, and then they realize that their market is shrinking because people are moving towards magic cards and Pokemon cards. So they have to like switch up their tactics a little bit, get better at like a different type of authentication. You know, there's a little, little different cardboard, a little different paper going into it, a little different feel. And, you know, these, these mistakes are bound to happen, you know, as uh, people try to catch up to the times of what's uh, worth money on the auction block. But 100 percent. And, and, you know, I as someone that works in a job that uh, forgery is a major part of my work, uh, the detecting forgery, I work in high end wines 
And you would not believe the amount of shit I've seen people try to pass off as very expensive bottles of wine in in my time at that job. So it does not uh it does not surprise me that someone tried to pull this off with cards. Of, you know that seems very doable. You're talking about a printed product, so it's a well, matter of finding a, a printing method that works. Yeah, and you know Logan Logan Paul is also you know he did this thing maybe like two weeks ago where he took all the different game boys, like from basically like the base version to like all the way up. Like he basically collected every single one and poured them into a resin table um, that he made to put in his, you know, front room or something. And he got a lot of shit for that too. (laughs) Just saying like, Oh man, you know, I don't under necessarily understand that because like the the people that were giving him a ton of shit where the people were like, you took all these working systems and like just ruined them and like blah blah blah. These are the same assholes that have like ten Game Boys sitting in a box in a closet. You know, like <laughs> yeah. come on, dude. Like, and it's it, like who said they were working anyway? Like, yeah. <laughs> like... But but also it's like okay, so you can add it to the fifteen Game Boys you already own. Like what? come on like who cares? Yeah. i'm like gamestop's probably thrown more of those fuckers out in the dumpster in the back <laughs> than anything like right well not anymore now that shit's actually worth something like try to find a game boy sp these days but which by the way i totally want a game boy sp again like that was the best form factor game boy shit folded in half it always clicked nice when it folded it was great well, it's like you see now, like now the with the Game Boy Advances, not even the SPs, but the original Game Boy Advances, like the modding scene for that's gotten pretty big where they replace the screen and put the backlight in it and stuff. And you can like change the colors mm-hmm. and like load up people mod them and like just load up the micro SD cards and stuff on them and can do like the rechargeable batteries like in the back and stuff like so that's gotten pretty big. Yeah, the uh, the the one I actually really want that i i had way back in the day and don't have anymore i want a neo geo pocket again do you did either one of you ever have those the handheld no. Neo Geo? i, I mean i i knew of it but i never i was nintendo nintendo kid all the way so but and... from what i remember those those that console was big it wasn't really like something that fit in your pocket it was just smaller than the regular neo geo system yeah i mean it was it was smaller than the like game boy like the 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 taco game boy advance you know not the not the sp fold up one but like the og game boy advance um it was a little smaller than that kind of a similar form factor though uh but had one of the best if not the best portable golf game of all time called turf masters and then they had like snk versus capcom that were really good versions that were absolutely playable and portable fashion. So I don't know. I'm nostalgia's gotten me on uh, on my memories of the Neo Geo Pocket. <laughs> I was like, uh, my roommate Chris had the the Sega handheld that was like the size of a fucking football that took like ten double A batteries, and you could play Sonic for like twenty minutes before it died. The Game Gear, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah. That that's what, like where I first got to play. That's where I f- got first got my own copy of Mortal Kombat was on the the Game Gear, nice. and uh, and it was it was rad too because you didn't have to do the uh, like the quarter turn or like the half turns to do like the moves. You could just hit like down and forward instead of hitting the diagonal, and it would still do the move. Oh, so like cool. I would just kick the computer's ass on like the hardest setting in that game because like I could just do everything with just the directions. It was fun. Um. 
also you had to stay you know within three feet of a wall because <laughs> that shit off batteries you were staying plugged in the entire time oh yeah dude i could I, my parents stopped buying batteries for that thing because like literally i think on christmas day like when i got it it was i, I must have gone through like four or five packs of batteries yeah That's just funny. playing it <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> keep it on your nightstand in case someone breaks in so you could just hit them with it yeah, I carried an extension cord around so I could like plug it into the wall and then walk wherever I wanted to go in the house. <laughs> oh, um, the, uh, the the other cool Sega one was the Nomad. Did you guys ever have one of those? No. So the Nomad was essentially a portable Genesis. Like you could actually put Genesis cartridges in it. Oh, wow. And, and have it run. Another one that would just chew batteries up, though. Like, good <laughs> Lord, that thing would destroy batteries. But... But it was really cool. Like, it was one of those things where it's like, it, at the time, I was shocked it would work because it was so <laughs> small compared to, like, what a Genesis was, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was fun. Well, good times. Good times. Uh, you know it's not so good times, you guys? Troy Baker doing voice NFTs, apparently? <laughs> Come on. God, like, like we what? cannot get rid of NFTs. And, like, now they're just finding new ways of pushing in now they're doing voice nfts and mm-hmm. fucking hair nfts and like anything that they can like they rip youtube channel thumbnails and turn those into nfts like it's gotten out of control at this point yeah i'm tired of that shit like i mean yeah i mean i don't even I, you know the whole i don't even know what to say well his post on Twitter, which was taking all the heat, was, I'm partnering with Voiceverse NFT to explore ways where together we can bring new tools to creators to make things and allow everyone a chance to own and invest in the IPs they create. We all have a story to tell. You can hate or you can create. What will it be? Um, the, the internet answered that question and hate <laughs> is, is the answer. Like, no, the internet no chose violence yeah, on this day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We all chose violence. Um, it, you know, the, you know what I think it's, and not necessarily just this, but it's, it's a problem I've had with NFTs over and over again. When you read it, it just sounds like a scam. Like, like you're just scamming people. And, you know, and it's like, no, but it's this and that. Like, okay, yeah, great. I own a receipt to a picture of a smoking monkey. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> the only people buying it are the other people that think that's awesome no random no no joe schmo and you know dead fuck ohio's being like give me that smoking monkey picture give me all the money um it just it doesn't seem maintainable in a way and i this just seems like another type of scam. Like now we're doing audio versions of smoking monkeys. Apparently I don't know. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything that I've seen on it is highly predatory and like it, it, it just, it's, a, I mean, I don't even know how much you can sell these things for, but I've seen people that take that, like, like we're, I guess we're going down the smoking monkey path. So I've seen people mm-hmm. that like have taken like that picture and then or the artists will take that picture and then they'll make it one with like gray smoke and one with blue smoke and one with green smoke. So it's like now you've changed like if you just change one color in that picture, you can sell it again as a totally different, um, you know, tchotchke that you can own. 
So, you know, it kind of seems highly like predatory and, and suspect just because that image that you're going to buy can be changed by the artist so quickly and to generate more revenue that your NFT that you specifically bought is going to be useless. Um, well, and that's what's funny is like in most cases, the people aren't even the fucking artists. They just go on DeviantArt or whatever and just take the fucking mm-hmm. art from like someone's dead profile from like 10 years ago and then just mint all this shit. And DeviantArt has actually implemented a system where they check um, OpenSea or wherever they're selling these like NFTs and stuff and flagging the art and sending emails to the creators and stuff to let them know, be like, hey, we found... <laughs> your artwork on the open sea or whatever, just let you know. And then they have to go through the process of trying to fucking contact someone to like cease and desist and get it taken down. It's, it's all just a mess. It's all like, you know, it's, it's a fucking, it's the 2022's pet rock, you know, like, (laughs) and I don't, and I don't get it, but, but it's okay that I don't get it. I'm hoping, you, you know, guys, should we just, maybe table nft talk should we just stop giving it attention is it like the simpsons just don't look just don't look you know i would say yes because uh it's annoying and (laughs) maybe if we don't give it any attention it'll go away yeah i was like it's fine because you know eventually you know in the metaverse that's how you're going to pay for everything is with pictures of chimps (laughs) (laughs) like you're going to walk into the metaverse Denny's and pay for your meal with a fucking red chimp with a spoon hanging out of his mouth. Uh, no, it'll be the metaverse office where you get fired by a smoking monkey chimp. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, it's you know, here's your two weeks. You need to turn your NFT in. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> please. Like, we're please gonna... Yeah. Please turn your paperwork into the uh, unicorn with dollar sign eyes. Yeah, uh, at the front. Yes, <laughs> they're like Justin three one ten forty seven. Please turn in your chimp. It's gonna be reminted <laughs> to the next employee. <laughs> yeah, gone are the days of having stock options. Now you're just gonna get uh, an NFT of your likeness for the company, right? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <sighs> we laugh until we all start getting paid in monkeys. But you know, dude. dude speaking uh, of getting paid. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, was that a good transition that was a good oh, transition dude, you're, you're, you're on fire tonight just i know like, i yeah. felt like zach was gonna say it so i had to like jump in and get it in before he could say it <laughs> but well you do the, get it in i heard that about you um yes yes but the the top 10 most paid gaming ceos of 2020 list came out and i was actually surprised that uh our boy uh, mm. Bobby came in second. I, I actually thought he was going to be first, but he was not first. But he still, you know, brought well, in. Remember how cut, much it was one hundred fifty-four million dollars. That's right. Yeah, he he is say, very remember, generous. Bobby very generous man of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, you know, he had to pay all those people, you know, when he went to court, you know, for his company for harassing and, you know, assaulting women. But (laughs) so that came out of his check. But, yeah, no, the number one was Robert Antical, which is Playtica, which I don't honestly know what they make, but he brought 
$372 million in a year. Jeez. Like, that's, like, gross money. Like, I don't... And what's sad is, like, it's funny. Going from, like, first and second place to third place was, like, $103 million. And it's, like... And then fourth place is, like, 34 So it's, like, the top three were, like insane compared to like everyone else and then you got people from like the ceo of ea zanga unity take two team 17 they're all within like the top 10 ranging from 10 million dollars to the highest you know was the 372 million but it's like most of these people don't do anything and it's like they sit there year over year i did a i did a quick little breaking of the what Playtica is, and apparently that's like all mm-hmm. of the online gambling video games. That uh, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so that yeah. makes a lot of sense. They're basically a gambling company. Yeah, that may all the casino game like bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes complete sense. But yeah, but yeah, they're... most of these people, I just I don't understand like why they make that much money when all they do is talk about record profits every year and then do like a mass firing at the end of the year before their shareholder meeting to like increase the profits and then give each other pats on the back and million dollar bonuses. Because capitalism. That's why. Yeah. I mean, you need somebody that's the face of the the company that's going to take all the heat when the sexual harassment suits come through. So, I mean, you know, I guess you can say you earned his money this year. <laughs> but the fact uh, that he's the fact that he's still employed is is fascinating to me. Like how many people are scared to death of Bobby Kotick at this point that that they won't remove him. It just I don't well, know. I mean it's it's old people that have the money that are like these head shareholders or lead shareholders right which are backing his play and like they're like probably like yeah I did that stuff when I was a kid too back in my you know back in the 30s I was a rambling man and you know whatever like yeah, yeah. screw these guys dude you got to I mean like it's it's yeah it's just a a systemic problem very much so but uh Speaking of an old boy network that is disappearing, uh, E3, 20, the ESA has canceled the 2022 in-person E3 due to the COVID-19 Omicron outbreak, um, which uh, was hilarious to watch on Twitter because within about five minutes of them making this announcement, people on Twitter were like, bullshit like you gave up that that uh convention center hall like months ago you weren't ever going to have one there if anything this pandemic bailed you out because it was just not gonna happen um and uh also by the way there has been no they say they're gonna do a digital event but guess what there's been no details for a digital event happening um reminder that uh keely's uh summer of games or gaming or whatever the hell he's calling it was is still happening because guess what jeff keely announced literally within the minute of the esa posting that they weren't doing e3 in person jeff keely's out there like 
summer games still happening. Still, we're doing it. <laughs> it was literally within the minute. And it was like, God damn, that was some vulture ass shit. Like, <laughs> holy crap. Um, but yeah, so guys, I, I think E3 might be like actually dead. And it's a bummer because I was like E3, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, after after the last year, I know we talked about it after like last year's E3 saying that we thought that that might be the last E3 we were going to get. So I, it doesn't really come mm. as too much as a surprise to me. Like, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, I wish if it like was going to be the last one that, you know, they kind of went all out knowing that, you know, it's going to be the last one instead of just limping away, sure. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I but I mean, when when Sony's like, bailing, hey, um, you know this. Yeah, I mean, go, like go ahead, E3, sorry. E3 was mean, always kind of. It felt to me like it was like an. Okay, uh, it was like a. Uh, it, it was always like a Christmas party, you know, kind of like it's the end of the year. It's like it, instead of being at the end of the year, it was like a time for all everybody to get together that was in the video game industry and like just kind of have fun with what new games were coming out and you know just kind of a friendly competition to see who was gonna you know come out of the show with the best um you know with the with the best production uh you know it was also a good place for you know the the smaller companies to try to get some exposure and you know it was just kind of like something that people love to do i don't think it was anything that people needed to do um you know it was just kind of like a a friendly competition, but now with COVID, it just kind of pushed everybody off to their own thing. And Nintendo was already starting to do this anyway, kind of, you know, just do their own tree houses away from E3. Um, so, you know, I don't know how hard it is for people to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to send you this trailer and then, you know, you can get a representative from Sony to talk in front of a green screen and then fade to, a, uh, you know, a smash cut of like the new hotness that's coming out. Um, you know, it's probably mm-hmm. a lot cheaper, uh, for the companies, they still get the exposure, and not only that, but they get the, um, you know, they get the their own spotlight, right? So it's not like they're sharing, uh, you know, competing events or times with other developers or you know with other game developers. So I think it's only highlighted, hey, this is actually better for us because we can control the tempo, we control um, what games are coming, you know, what games people are going to see. Uh, and the message behind it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this was, you know, l- like you said, they were just using it as a scapegoat, but I think E3 was dead long ago. I just think, you know, they used it as a scapegoat, but at the same time, it's like they, they never had any real intention of doing it. And it's one of those things where it's sad because, you know, the name E3 and stuff kind of holds, it holds that like sen- like sentiment, with it and stuff and it's like i wish i wish i could have gone to an actual e3 event especially you know back in like the mid like 2000s and stuff when it was still really popular and stuff you know where you had like the actual sony booths and the nintendo booths and you know actually got to like play games and like people actually showed up like in attendance and stuff that would have been really cool and i'm jealous of people that actually got to go to those things and stuff, you know, I know when I went to the closest, I think I ever actually like got to something like E3 was, I uh, went to San Diego comic-con the one year and Nintendo rented out 
the entire floor of a uh, hotel across the street from the convention center. And it was when, um, oh, what was the game? It was Twilight Prince. No. Yeah. Twilight Princess, I think, or Skyward. No, Skyward Sword was coming out. And they had like the demo for Skyward Sword and they had the girls walking around with the Nintendo DS's like attached like a belt thing and stuff. So you could play Kid Icarus or whatever they had and stuff. And like that was really cool. And it's like, man, if this is like a taste of like what E3 is, I wish I could have gone when it was at its peak. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you right now, uh, when E3 made it onto my radar is something that I wanted to go to is the year that they gave, I think the Xbox one was coming out or was it no it was the 360 and they gave everybody in the audience that was at that xbox show at 360 like in the box like you left with it in your hands and i was like i want to go to e3 (laughs) but um but yeah it's uh it was always something that i wanted to to knock off of my bucket list and you know now i'm not gonna be able to do that which is kind of a bummer so now it's just comic-con that i need to go to the the year I went with uh, Robbie to E3 was kind of the first year of the end of E3. It was that first year they did the public E3. Mm-hmm. And um, we went as part of media, which was cool. Uh, we got to go to the Microsoft press conference. We got to like talk to developers and things like that. So that was very neat. Um, it was a fun experience, but like being with the general public in the entire time, it just, it was so overcrowded and like such a mess. But like d- to Justin's point, Nintendo still had an amazing floor presence. They had a, a whole Mario Odyssey like layout and, and take over this whole hall and all that. And But even then, like, oh, well, no, Sony had a big booth. They had like a, the Spider-Man game, they had, like Spider-Man and a helicopter like webbed up to the ceiling and all that. But it's like, when I think back about it, that had to cost all these companies just millions of dollars to set mm-hmm. all these things up and like get it there and transport it and have, have it manned and staffed and all that stuff, where I think they looked at what Nintendo did with their tree houses and went, hey, we can do that, and that's a lot cheaper, and I don't got to pay these assholes anything. <laughs> like, we can, just, we can just go and do that. And, and the first year, I think... It's funny because I think the pandemic is giving them a good out right now, but I think the pandemic showing all these companies that they don't need the ESA in any way to continue doing business is actually the final death knell. Like they, they were E3s circling the drain for a while. They weren't, you know, they were, they were trying to figure out what they needed to become. And if anything, I think they just ran out of time. Like, the pandemic the pandemic pushed the clock to zero on them so yeah i mean we've said it before big ships turn slow um and you know Mm -hmm. when you have a big a a big convention like that you know you got to get a lot of feedback and and a lot of strategy involved and it just takes a lot of time and money and they didn't have either of those yeah well when they had the money they didn't want to spend it on the future (laughs) it was you know that and that's the problem Mm mm-hmm so RIP E3. I'm sure we'll all still get our uh, our gaming news in the summer, though. <laughs> that, that ain't going away anytime soon. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, I had a conversation. Maybe we'll do that next week because with Stalker 2 getting pushed 
into December. That was kind of a big, the first big yikes of 2022 was uh, seeing Stalker 2 getting pushed all the way to December and then realizing there's no Microsoft first party games literally for half a year on the calendar that we know of. So, ooh, that's a little like, hmm, hmm, that's a little uh, cringy. Uh, but I did like how they were like, no, 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 guys. It's cool. We've got, uh, rainbow six extraction and Hitman three coming on game pass. Just like, that's, that's totally going to be the Microsoft move of like, we're going to jangle keys of good games on game pass. So you don't realize we're not releasing shit first party. <laughs> right. You guys um, just got halo. What more do you want? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I know Sony's bringing out Sifu. Shut the hell up. Like, I mean, not only that, but Horizon Zero or the Horizon yeah. game comes out in le- in like less than a month at this point. I'm so excited to turn my PS5 on. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we'll table that for next week with the uh, what's moving, what's shaking, what we're actually looking forward to mm-hmm. type stuff. Since uh, since this one has been going for a while, so why don't we do, gentlemen, our weekly consultation? What do you think? Yes, let's do that, please. All right. Uh, so I guess we should talk about us playing uh, Halo multiplayer. That was fun. We had a good time. Mm-hmm. We did. Justin, did you buy a battle pass after that? I did not buy a battle pass, but <laughs> but the, the takeaway for me, though, wasn't buying the battle pass, but just the fact that it's like I'm totally down to play Halo again with you guys. Like that was yeah. the W for me. Like, it was a little rough at first, but, you know, we got into the swing of things there towards the end. We actually won a game. We won two two games. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah, by the time time we had to go, we had had it working pretty well there, Mm -hmm. I thought. You know, we we were squadding up, you know, someone would get the hammer. It's like, all right, I'll walk in front. Shannon walks behind. Zach's got the hammer. It's like, draw the fire away from Zach, so then Mm -hmm. he can just run in and start slamming the hammer (laughs) on the ground. Ah, uh, the graph hammer is so fun. Dude, that thing it's is just so, so fun. That thing is so OP, dude. It's uh, it's awesome. Like between the energy sword and the gravity hammer, like it's it's uh it's yeah, it's game over. Yeah. I I will I will agree with you. Mm-hmm. When you get on a good run with that energy sword mm-hmm. and you knife like five people in a row, it's the best feeling. It's just like we were just flying through. It's like or when you can uh, grapple and fly into someone with the energy sword like yeah Yeah, (laughs) that's one of those like oh yes my my big moment was when we were in that one map where there was like that uh that like high plateau where there was a staircase on either side Mm -hmm. and where i had the rocket launcher (laughs) and i was just sitting there up at the top with the rocket launcher and you see like the two little hallways and someone's like coming out and i'm like the fuck you think you are (laughs) and then shannon's setting up shields and i'm like oh here's someone else boom and they're like oh someone's coming up the stairs to the right and i'm like gotcha boom and just see their ragdoll body like go boom boom, like 60 miles an hour down the stairs (laughs) yeah like it's super satisfying to see your your boys doing good like i mean on my screen it was just like justin 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 like and then (laughs) just murdering people like murdering the whole team essentially i'm just like oh damn dude and then you know, to see Zach, like, is to see his outline up there with the gravity hammer, I was like, oh, he's got somebody, he's got somebody. And then to see the hammer swing, and then just see, like, this ragdoll, like, fly out the other <laughs> yeah. side of the room that he was just in, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's hella awesome. Yeah, it was so, always yeah, it was great cool. when your corpse is laying on the ground, and then I see one of you two, like, killed the person who killed me, and it's like, mm-hmm. vengeance! 
yeah like the you get the best thank you like when somebody when that dude like falls after you uh get murked by him yeah it was good times like i uh i still have yet to go back to do the the, the campaign it's just been multiplayer with you guys which is hilarious i mean even the deaths were funny like even the times we just got rolled um it was hilarious like it was just you know watching the follies of not understanding the mechanics of the gun that you were using because we were doing the fiesta of fire i think is what it was called and um basically what you did is you started out with a random weapon uh, at the beginning of the match you started out with a random sidearm and a random primary weapon and then you basically as you played you got to run in and uh when you got murked you got two new weapons or if you killed somebody you could change your weapon loadout so a lot of times it sucked because you had the other team you know would start out with energy sword gravity hammer uh, sniper rifle rocket launcher uh, and then like, you know, we would have pistol, plasma pistol, uh, you know, stupid grenade launcher gun, ricochet gun. And you'd just be like, dude, we're going to get rolled so fast. But when you paired up, um, you know, the, it, the threat wasn't as severe. It was only when you were by yourself that you were just like, oh, I'm going to get wrecked right now. Um, so, you know, I think that's one thing that we had to kind of shed is it's not like the call of duty where you run around by yourself. It's the like squad up and, you know, stick with your teammates. So, yeah, that, that definitely is a thing that we found very advantageous was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to stay on Shannon six here <laughs> and uh, clean either clean up when when he gets murked or we're going to take down someone. It's it's how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it's yeah. pre- it was pretty it was pretty rewarding to see us going from like being like, I don't know, like six and 12 to being like 12 and 12 and then being like 13 and 12 or like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing our, you know, our kills go up as our our, our deaths were going down. Yeah, dude, so, there was a so couple, couple matches, too, where when we lost, like it was really close. Like, you know, where it's the 50 kills and we were at like 47 or 48 or something like that. And it's like, dude, it was like neck and neck there towards the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you round the corner and just get knifed in the throat. It's like, (laughs) no! But. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, so that was fun. Uh, A game I've been playing, not that I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is your kind of game, either one of you, but uh, the Planet Crafter prologue is free right now on steam and uh the full game's coming in they they haven't i don't think i've set a hard date but it's supposed to be 2022 uh it's essentially a survival game kind of like subnautica or something of that nature but you uh you get shot off to this planet that looks very mars ish and you're a prisoner and your sentence is basically to like terraform this planet and then you're free to go is the very loose premise that they're, they're shooting you here. But uh, it's, it's actually super fun. It's one of those things where like there's resources scattered all over the ground that you can collect and then you take them back and you can build out a base uh, machines that help you terraform things like that, uh, help you get plants and water and, and all that type of stuff. Um, but the cool thing is as you play and as you hit uh as you hit little markers across the the uh sky begins to change like you go from this like super oppressive like red yellow sky 
and all of a sudden you'll like come out of a cave and you notice like oh it's kind of purplish and then after a while you're like oh wait the sky is blue oh shit there's clouds in the sky like it's it's stuff like that that happens over time like as you're actually like doing stuff like it's working in a sense um and it happens as you unlock like better oxygen generators better uh pressure generators and all that type of stuff and they've hidden a lot of cool things in the in the world like you'll find wrecks from other missions that have crash landed on the planet and stuff like that and and meteor showers will strike at random times that are like i mean they're kind of terrifying but actually but they're also like really pretty at the same time so graphically the game is really cool it's made by a super small team um but for free it's it's a really impressive outlook and i'm I'm super stoked now to play the main game. Like I'm, I'm way into it. Like it's, it's the first survival game that's grabbed me as hard as uh, Subnautica in a long time. So now, I does, highly recommend that one. Does it also have like a creative like playthrough instead of having to worry about surviving where you can just. Not, not yet. That's uh, looking at like notes and like their Twitter and stuff. I believe that's going to be part of the main game, mm-hmm. but that's not there yet. But in all honesty, after about three or four hours, you don't really need to worry about that. You've gotten enough oxygen tanks built up and, and things of that nature. That is just, it's a matter of pushing two buttons to not care anymore. Um, water and oxygen are the big, the big things that you need to keep on you. And there's ice all over the place to grab, uh, water with and and honestly it's funny because i found like it's like oh shit i'm running out of oxygen but you have your your like uh resource generator like the base builder thing on you all the time so it's like oh i'm just gonna throw a room here with a door on it and walk in it oh great i've got oxygen okay moving on like you know it's one of those type of things it's actually easier to do that sometimes than trekking all the way back to your base or something um but yeah, it's 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 really fun. It's really cool. I, I def, it's on Steam right now. I highly recommend checking it out. And then the other game I finally beat was The Gunk. The Gunk. And uh, it's fine. It's I mean I beat it, so it got me it got me into it enough to beat it, you know. But uh, I mean it's the story's kind of dumb. The 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 world is cool and it's pretty and like sucking up gunk is fun in that like Luigi's mansion kind of way, you know, like, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you're like, you're like stick to your steam world games. (laughs) Yeah. Well, once I, once I read that, like they were the people that helped basically finish it and get it out, but they, those, that was not the same team that made this game, it made a lot more sense to me because it it was just like, I'm playing it going like, where's the creativity? Like, where's the steam world level of like level design and creativity and, and puzzles and, and all that type of stuff. It's like, this is go forward and suck up gunk and then go forward and suck up more, you know, like there's not like the, the puzzle elements in this game are super rote where it's like, Oh, these, there's a seed that'll explode when you pick it. And you can use that to like destroy old metal or like get rid of huge piles of gunk in one shot. And it's obvious every time you need to do it, it's like, oh, there's the seed, there's the metal, there's the gunk. Okay, moving on. It's not like it's not like you gotta be like, okay, I've got to shoot this to get that to go here to get the seed to do it. It's like, no, nah, that's 
there, there's nothing on that level. Um, it's simple, it's straightforward, but it was still fun. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's not like I, it. It's one of those games I'm having a hard time quantifying because I did enjoy it. I like I said I beat it. I got I stuck with it the whole time. But then at the end of it there's not like one thing I can point to to be like that was really cool or that was super special. It was just like I don't, I don't know. Like would you have paid $40 for it though? Oh hell no. <laughs> I would have felt ripped off. Okay. Like at Game Pass it was the right price. At 40 bucks I would have felt ripped the f off, you know. <laughs> um but I will say, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like a Paul Rudd movie, you know, where like ninety percent of Paul Rudd movies, you're like, yeah, that was fine, you know, like <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment, but like, eh, it's okay. It's kind of like that. Um, I'm getting Paul Rudd haters mad at me right now. I can feel it. Uh, <laughs> I was just laughing and, uh, because uh, I've never heard someone use a Paul Rudd movie as like a comparison <laughs> for something. I'm like, I want to use that now in like everyday life. And it's like, oh, how was dinner? I was like, you know, it was like a Paul Rudd movie. It was all right. Yeah, like, it was all right. You know, like yeah, it was fine. Edible, like yeah, yeah. I mean, so sometimes he might be the best part of a movie. Most times he's not. It's Looks okay. Good. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was fine. great in Ghostbusters. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I believe you. Um, he, he was pretty good in forgetting Sarah Marshall. You know, as the uh, surf <laughs> dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. You're doing too much. You're not doing enough. Um, but yeah, the, uh, oh, and the last thing I, I touched that I know Justin was going to talk about was the pedestrian. And that is a, that's a really cool design. That's like a super cool puzzle design that I'm into with the like safety posters that exist in the real world type graphics. And you're moving the little guy through the safety posters from like point A to point B. That's the whole thing is just you got point a you got point b here's the puzzle figure it out um and you need to rearrange the posters you need to make connections you need to do all this stuff and it's it's super interesting it's really cool i I was into it uh i'll let justin explain more about it because he i'm assuming you played more than me i only touched it for like an hour or so so uh but that's all i've been playing justin how about you yeah so uh first i have to say i finally beat loop hero I'm well you beat it I did I finally beat it 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 took like one after it's like I kept trying like that final boss is such a bitch like because (laughs) you literally because you literally have to go through like and so which I didn't realize this either until like doing it but it's like with each um well because there's the four bosses there's one two three four like each chapter or whatever it has a different boss but with each one you get more resources like your capacity for resources increases with each boss and then the fourth one and the final one you can Mm. collect unlimited resources Mm. like like even after you beat the boss if you can keep going you can keep collecting resources which is awesome but it comes at the price that for that loop you have to fight all the previous bosses as well and there's points on like the little boss bar where it's like, oh, a third of the like a third of the way. It's like you're fighting the first boss and then the second boss and the third boss. But something that's interesting that uh, it wasn't the one that I won, but I was like, I wonder if this is possible. And it was was on that loop. 
it was possible to skip a boss because I had summoned the third boss, which the third boss is I fucking hate. It's the hunter person <laughs> with these like space galaxy dog things. And they like, they dodge and they're just little assholes. And I'm like, dude, I hate these fuckers. But um, I summoned him and his little spot was on the map. But I had, I'd filled up like damn near my entire board and like shit was everywhere. So it was taking me forever to get there. And I was like playing cards and doing whatever. And it was increasing towards the final boss. And I was like, dude, I wonder if I place enough to spawn the final boss, will it spawn over the third boss? So I don't have to fight the third boss or will I still have to fight both of them? And I did it and it spawned the final boss over the third boss. So I never had to fight them. And it's like, while that's cool, it like also kind of fucked me because it's like, I summoned the fourth boss faster than I think I probably should have. So I didn't get like the extra loops of like experience and whatever before going into it. But uh, the fourth boss is also very RNG heavy where at multiple points, he does this attack that randomly takes away three of your like stats. um, And then he'll attack and then it like, takes different ones and it's just completely luck based but you know if he takes away like your attack speed or like your real like the ones that you've like invested in like the heaviest then you're basically fucked and it's just like well this was a good run boys and it's like even if i could resurrect like two three times it's like it doesn't matter i'm just dead (laughs) like i can't do enough damage now or whatever to beat him uh but uh, I was very happy to finish it. I, I even tried summoning one of the secret bosses, which there's this frog boss that you have to fill up all the tiles on the road with swamps. And then it summons. Oh, really? the frog. Yeah. And it summons the frog boss and he, um, it only takes two hits to kill him, but he has like a 99% like evasiveness. <laughs> so oh, he's hard to hit and he doesn't really hurt you that much. But it's just he's hard to hit and it sucked because I only summoned him once because it took forever to set that up. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And I like right off the bat, I hit him once and I'm like, I just need to hit him one more time. And I died like three times would die, resurrect, die, resurrect. And I'm like, please just hit him one more time. (laughs) And I couldn't do it. And I ended up dying. And Fagan's like, are you going to try again? And it's like, dude, this took me like probably about an hour to just summon him. To like set this up i'm like no i'm not gonna try this again like i got him i summoned him once it was cute like you don't really gain anything from beating him probably besides like an achievement like you get resources but you don't get any like special cards or anything so i'm just like no it's not worth my time mm. but i'm just happy that i was able to finally beat loop hero though I'm I'm happy that I'm now able to just live vicariously through you. It's like you tell me these things, and I'm like, "That's awesome!" I am never gonna do that shit like ever. But, yeah. um, one and then one of the other games uh, I checked out. It's this little indie. It's on mobile, um, but it's also on Steam. It's probably plays better. You can tell it was definitely made for mobile, and it probably like mm-hmm. plays better on mobile. But I don't really play mobile games, so I just bought it on Steam. But it's called Heck Deck and heck deck yes and it is a deck builder like it's a deck builder kind of um like geometry wars kind of like a shooter uh so what's interesting about it is like the way you play it since i'm playing it on computer i'm just gonna say with a mouse like when you're clicking like you know you kind of like with your mouse kind of like move around the character 
but when you're not doing that like time stops kind of like super hot or whatever so it's based on like when you're clicking whatever then Mm -hmm. you're moving everything else is moving when you're not moving nothing's happening um you have a hand you basically build a deck and stuff and it's kind of like a roguelite you know where like slay the spire or anything else where it's like you know you get it's kind of different each time or whatever you know you when you die you kind of have to start over and like redo it from the beginning and stuff but you build your deck out you get a handful of cards you can only have i think three in your hand at a time but in order to attack like i said it's a shooter there's cards that like make you you have to attack the bullets like this like the bullet card where you play it and then it lets you shoot off like a little kamehameha little bullet thing to attack the enemies but what's interesting is to obtain the cards the enemies their bullets are cards so in order to get bullets for you to shoot, you have to get hit by an enemy mm. bullet and you take their card and that's how you obtain cards. So you're also having to manage your health throughout this entire thing too because you're like, all right, I have four hearts. I need bullets. So I'm going to get hit and go down the three, but now I'm going to get the ability to shoot. But there's also health cards and you're like, okay, so I'm going to get like, um, and the health cards don't hurt you though when you get hit. You can just collect those. And then, like, certain enemies and stuff, when you kill them, they will just straight up drop legit health that you can run over and collect. But it's, like, the balance of, like, all right, I'm going to empty my hand, and I can get hit this many times, but then I need to collect these cards, but I also need to make sure I don't get hit anymore until I collect health to get more cards. So it's, like, an interesting balance that I haven't really seen before. The fact that the cards are bullets I thought was really interesting. And it's nice that they do the where you can stop and kind of analyze what's happening on the screen. And there's certain parts where it's like, all right, I'm just going to click gently to kind of weave between these bullets and stuff. So I don't get hit. So that makes it really nice and stuff. So you don't feel like you got gypped or something like that. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm looking at it on steam right now. I have no idea what the hell's going on in this video. (laughs) Like at all. Like I'm just watching it. Like, how do you, what, why yeah. does that card mean that? I mean, I'm guessing it's one of those things that if I just played it would make sense. Yeah. But it looks really, it, yeah. like, it looks really yeah. hectic. Um, but it was also, it's only like three bucks. So that's why like I pulled the trigger on uh-huh. it and I'm like, it's card based. It's like three bucks. Like I'll, I'll pull the trigger on it to try it out. Like I thought the art style looked really cute and stuff. So it was a fun little mm-hmm. game. Um, worth, worth your three bucks. I think it's worth the three. I definitely want to play it more. Um, I've only played it a little bit, but it's pretty interesting. And then, of course, the last game I played this week, which I'm excited to talk about, is The Pedestrian, which Mike in the Discord was actually talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's a really fun game. Like, it's very, like, because the entire game is basically, like, level design the game. Because you're basically, yeah. you have pieces of the level and you have to kind of connect it all to build out the level. And I'm about, I would say about, I think 60, maybe almost 70% of the way through the game based off the achievements and stuff. Cause I think there's technically, I think like 10 worlds or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very cool. So you play as almost like the little like uh, look b- while crossing the street, little street sign guy or girl. I chose the girl one just because it looked interesting. Um, and you are kind of in this 3D environment of like the streets and the whatever as you go through these different areas. But the game's really like 2D on the street signs. And 
they add interesting mechanics where it's like, okay, yeah, you can move stuff around and you have to connect it. And it's like this door to this door, but they have to make sense. Like the right door has to connect to a left door. Like you can't connect a right door to a right door because it's not how it works. But there's certain things where it's like you can connect it, but even once it's connected, you can move everything around. Like you push Y on the controller and it pans the camera out. And then you can kind of rearrange the signs and stuff. And when it's a solid connection, it's like a solid line and the doors will be open. But then when it's like a, it's not going to work this way kind of connection, the line will kind of be broken and like the doors will remain shut. But it's funny because in later levels, that plays a big part because in a like later section, it introduces like this green, almost kind of like, I say goop, but it's more like a liquid. And when you connect a sign, like certain signs can be connected to it. And when you connect it to it, it makes it so that even when the connection to that sign is severed, um, it doesn't like reset you back to like the beginning or because normally once the connection's made and you run it, um, if you disconnect any of the rooms, it like resets the level because you can't disconnect yeah. anything. But, I, I found I found I found that one out the hard way. Yeah. When yeah. I was like, oh, but I can just reconnect it here. Nope. Yeah. But luckily, it warns you. Like when you try to do it, like mm-hmm. when you go to disconnect it, like everything it flashes red. Everything that's gonna reset. Um, but like right now, for instance, I I did this one puzzle where I I need a key, and like there's certain areas where you get into like this almost kind of home base area, and it's like okay, you need these five items to progress to the next area. You need a key. You need this block. You need this like power outlet. And then so you have to go into this little section to get that object and then return back to your home area. And then once you assemble everything, you can like complete that section and then go to the next world. Well, this section, it's like, okay, well, you need the key. So I was like, all right, dope. That's cool. So I went, I like got the key and I was like, oh, dude, this one was actually really easy. And I exit the level and I realized I don't have the key. And I was like, what the fuck? And I realized I had to use the key to leave the area. And I'm like, well, how do I get the key then? And you have to like connect it to the green thing and like, okay, well you get the key, but then you have to like remain in the section and then disconnect everything, but it doesn't reset because you're in the green area and then like reconnect shit to then like move through to hold on to the key. So you can actually leave with the key instead of using it like you did in the level normally. So it does some like really unique mechanics like that, where there's some puzzles where it's like, I sat there for a minute and I had to like kind of stare at it and I'm like planning it out. Like, all right, well, this door goes to this door. And it's like mm-hmm. some of us, you just feel so stupid and stuff. But, and then there's certain signs that are like bolted to like the wall or whatever, where you can't move that. So it's like, you can move this stuff, but you can't move this. So this will always be there. So then you have to kind of build everything out around that and like make those connections to that sign work. And it's like, you can't finagle it like you could in previous levels because this has to stay here now. Gotcha. Wow. That, uh, I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah, I know the way I explained it, it sounds like a lot. Like if you watch like a video of it, it's on game pass as well. So for the low price of free, like you can't really beat it. And I thought it was really cool because I actually uh, like years and years and years ago uh, in this little indie game Facebook group and stuff, uh, I saw the original prototype version of this game and talked with the dude about it and stuff like and he would like post every Saturday for screenshot Saturday and stuff. He would post little video snippets and stuff of it. And it was really cool getting to see it go from this like it was strictly 2D 
but all the mechanics were there that are there now, but it just, it looked a lot worse. And then now it looks very pretty and it's in this 3d environment and stuff. So it's crazy to see like what it was as a prototype to what the final product ended up being. Well, that's great. Yeah, I would, that's I would awesome. definitely give it a, I would definitely give it a shot, Shannon. I think you would dig it actually. If once you start playing, it's one of those things kind of like we were saying before with, uh, with heck deck where it's like, it's it sounds like a lot but the way they build it is pretty simple like it it builds on itself pretty well and they they teach you how to do everything really well that's good i mean i, I you know when he was describing it it made me think of portal and then it made me miss portal and like want a portal game so <laughs> guys let's just play portal 2 again <laughs> shit i love that game that game is so good it is it it, it lives in my memory rent free um <laughs> Yeah, I miss that game. We should we should we should get some multiplayer power wash simulator going. Dude, we need to. Um, you know, now that Justin has it and he's had his time to get used to it, um, we should definitely hop in and, and do that. Uh, but uh, let me see games I've been playing this week. Uh, not a lot. Uh, Picross Seven came out, and I've been playing that. And oh uh, yeah. And for those of you who like a Picross game and played the Genesis uh, Picross uh, game, it's essentially that, but without the licensed material. So it's just basically all the same uh, um, modes. So you have like the Mega Picross, Color Picross, uh, Clip Picross, and Standard Picross. Um, so if you like that, that, there's another one out for you. It's like 10 bucks. Go for it. Uh, I have I, played a lot of... S seven. Like, yeah, I've gone through it's... I've gone through like the first three uh charts already in like the standard one. Mm-hmm. And I think I've filled yeah. out like two of the puzzles in the clip uh, in the clip picross. Mm-hmm. And then um my girlfriend has just discovered color picross, so like I'm letting her work through the color puzzles. Um and she's having a blast with that. So yeah, it's it's a good yeah. time. It's absolutely become my uh before bedtime mm-hmm. game. Yeah, it's so. a, it's a good game to just kind of sit in bed and, and run through mm-hmm. some some things. But the uh, I play I got this other game. Uh, you know, I decided people probably weren't going to want me to hear me talk about Genshin Impact because that's the only other game I've really been playing. So I mm-hmm. picked up this other game like on a on a risk. Like I would say it was a thirty dollar gamble, <laughs> um, and it's called Astroneer, and it's for the Switch, and. Um, remember, remember No Man's Sky when it first came out? Yeah. Like when it very first came out, like you got that game and you didn't know there was like, there was very little tutorial. You had no idea what was going on. You had no idea what you were supposed to be doing on that planet. Shit was like killing you for no reason. Uh, it was frustrating until you like got in your ship and basically took off and blasted into outer space. And then that was cool. And then you had no idea what you were doing with the rest of your time uh this is kind of like that like you basically you start the game and you basically blast out of this spaceship and it puts you on this random planet and then you get out of your little pod and your like little hub station sets up and then there's this thing next to you and it says hey like you know hold down x to check this out and then you hold down x to check it out and it's like yeah this is where you get your missions this is where your like events happen um the shit that you need to put out is like here somewhere. And that's pretty much it. That's all they tell you. 
and then you're just like, okay, cool. So like, I should probably pick something up and put this down here. And then you pick it up and it goes into your backpack and you're just like, bro, like what happened to it? How do I get it out of my backpack? How do I place <laughs> it like over here? I'm running out of oxygen. Like what I need to figure this out. Dear God, just help me. Yeah. Like just give me something. Right. And so, but there's nothing. I mean, they, they give you, they say like, you know, uh, you know, B is jump and, uh, A is this. And, um, if you hold down like ZL and, and your right and move with your right analog stick, you can like discover things. I'm like, okay, great. Um, so it took me, I, I mean, I played it for like an hour before we started podcasting tonight and I will tell you, it is very frustrating. Um, you have to stay tethered to your, um, to your hub. Uh, so you get oxygen. Otherwise you can walk around for maybe like a minute or two. I'm assuming you can upgrade that later or that like, you know, as I progress through the game, if I progress through the game that like, there will be like other pods that I can attach and, you know, expand my base. Um, yeah, it's uh, the fact that they just kind of set you down and they're like in and are telling you to just be like, hey, figure this out uh, kind of frustrates me. I, I typically like a, a tutorial in the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of I don't know. We'll see if I stick with it. I mean, otherwise, I might have just given Nintendo 30 bucks for no reason. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time you gave Nintendo thirty bucks for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so, I was like, you've given Nintendo half. way more than thirty dollars. Like, <laughs> it's usually half of what I give them, right? So, yeah. I mean, like, I yeah, think I've yeah, out exactly, of right? <laughs> but yeah, I was looking at a video for. I mean, art wise and stuff, it looks really pretty. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, I want to say like Kerbal, like space program or like something like that, where it's kind of like the cute, kind of like almost like Fall Guys, like where they're kind of like chibi looking people, very cute kind of art style between like simplistic looking but like pretty looking as well mm -hmm. yeah it reminds me of like playstation one graphics but mm -hmm. like you know maybe a little bit more polished than that nicer um, yeah like not as like jaggedy like kind of mm -hmm. rounded edges and stuff like mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it's all right i'll see if i stick with it uh but i know i'm basically just trying to kill time until the new pokemon game comes out so you know looks yeah that comes banging. out soon the twenty uh, two weeks yeah yeah i'm 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 all in for uh pokemon breath of the wild or whatever mm -hmm. that game is going to be that looks that looks rad mm -hmm. um well i guess we've hit uh do i hear sirens sirens i hear them yes bring on the Ooh. noise all right you've entered the spoiler zone and uh you know i don't know what we're going to talk about this week so, what spoilers would you gentlemen like to discuss? Well, Shannon still has not seen Spider-Man. Um, yes. But, uh, I know, I, I, I watched all three episodes of Peacemaker. Um, and I, so I have not seen... I have not seen Peacemaker yet. Oh, dude, you got to get on that shit. Like James Gunn I, knocked this shit out of the park. Bro, I know. I know. But I, that's what that's why I was saying. Like, I know I'm going to watch it regardless. Like you guys spoiling it for me isn't going to ruin it for me. So if you'd like to talk, okay, Peacemaker, so... you can. I, the other one I will tell you, I'm not going to watch Boba Fett. Like, okay. I kind of just I. So I had a I had a moment, you guys. I want to talk about this with you. <laughs> Uh, it, it happened, it happened earlier this week where my wife looks at me and is like, Hey, they're like on like three episodes of this Boba Fett show. Do you guys want to, do you, do you want to watch this? Like, should we, is this something we should be watching? And I'm like, no, no, I don't, 
I don't care. Like, I don't <laughs> care at all. And, like, I've, I haven't seen the last Star Wars movie. The only thing I watched that I got any enjoyment out of, really, in the last little bit was The Mandalorian. And as soon as Luke shows up at the finale of season two, it ruined that show for me. Like, it took all the air out of the balloon for me. I was like, this asshole again? Come on. Like, what are we doing? And and I think I've just kind of, I've, I've made peace with the fact I just don't really care about Star Wars. Like at all, I don't know. Like I have no, I feel no pull to watch it. I feel no draw to like make it happen. I don't know, man. Like, is it just Star Wars burnout? Is that all that happened to me? I I would tell you that if maybe like The Boys was out right now, um, or some other series that I want to watch, like or mm-hmm. that I've watched in the past was out, I don't think I would pay this any mind. But you know, because there are not a lot of shows that I want to watch right now, um, I think it gets a spot and it's decent. Like, I mean, it it doesn't um, like I'm only the first two episodes in on it, so it doesn't really. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more action oriented and it's definitely a lot more of like a backstory of what happened to Boba Fett before he became, uh, you know, the the new ringleader of like this, you know, town. Uh, so it's kind of like his time with the sand people and, you know, them training him. And I'm kind of wondering, it's kind of interesting cause I want to know how it pans out. Cause obviously he's not with them anymore. So like mm-hmm. what happened there? Um, and there was a scene in the second episode where like this badass like big black Wookiee comes out of nowhere and like, he's all menacing and shit, but like, he's not around for that long. And then like, they go back into like the flashback of like his time with the sand people and like they had a pretty epic battle with like a a, a gnarly sand train, like a, a train that was like, you know, running through the desert that was like just basically carrying like materials and shit. But it would just light up the sand people like every time it like went through their their area. So like it was pretty cool to watch that battle play out. Um, so, I mean, it, it has its redeeming qualities, but yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's not a fast paced uh, show. There's a lot of backstory there. And you might not be interested in Boba Fett's backstory. Well, I I, I never really got why Boba Fett mattered. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a dude that showed up and didn't talk in a, in one movie and then flew his dumb ass into a <laughs> non-moving pit in a second movie and died. Like, I don't, and people were like, that guy's the coolest motherfucker. I'm like, he did nothing. Like, this guy did nothing but die in the dumbest way possible. Like, I don't know. I don't understand it. I have a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys want to talk some Peacemaker, we could do that. I'll catch up. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I think they did a, a pretty good job linking the uh, movie to the series. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they basically just like right off the bat, they're just like, bam, like this is this is how it's happening. Like, this is what's going on. And, you know, the peacemaker, like, you know, you you get that he's, you know, probably not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to just like real world situations. But like he's good at his job and he's good at what he does. Um, so does it then... pick up like where does it pick up like in the hospital where you where yes. we leave him at? in suicide squad they they do like literally the first episode it's like previously on suicide squad and like literally breaks down the entire movie like it's like an episode of fucking 24 (laughs) 
I like that. That's cool. And like, you know, so basically he's just, it's been like a couple months. They're like, cool. You're like free to go. And he was just like, wait a minute. Like I'm free to go. And they're like, yeah, free to go. Like get the fuck out of here. And he's, and there is like this dialogue between him and the janitor because he doesn't know like what to do or where to go. And it's basically just everything that's going on in society right now is a conversation that they have in like two minutes between each other. And like the peacemaker, like he's so witty. Like, I mean, like the dialogue between the two of them, John Cena really does shine in this role. Um, And I think he fits the character well, because he's got like the boyish charm, um, you know, because he doesn't, you know, he's, he's got that like, you know, hard edge, but like at the same time, all he really wants to do is just, he's a people pleaser. And like, you can kind of mm. see that in him and like you meet his dad and his dad's <laughs> a Royal asshole. And like, but at the same time, like is the, he's like, you know, they fuck with him so hard in that show. And it's just kind of hilarious to, to see, you know, the shenanigans that get pulled with him. Uh, like I have no idea who like these, other deep cut like dc characters are like you know there's a big reveal at the end of the second episode like with him and you're just like okay i don't i don't know who that guy is maybe justin has more of a of a of a dial in on like who this character is but um you know they take a hard like pivot like they're like what can we do that would separate this dc show from like any of the marvel shows and it is so much more raw like the characters are a lot more like flawed and there's a lot more swearing and I mean, like they they drop f bombs. They're like calling each other like like shitheads and things like that. There's titties in like the first like half hour. Of the first <laughs> it's like in like every just, episode. There's titties. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, bro. Like, what is going on here? Like, um. But yeah, I mean, like they do a pretty good job, um, painting out these characters. And I would like to see where the rest of the series goes. Like, I find it enjoyable to watch. Uh, and my girlfriend went from being. Uh, you know, I don't really know if I want to watch this to like, I'll watch it if you're going to watch it, um, which I think is a win. And like, she's chuckled a couple times. Like even the first episode, she was just like, the dialogue in this is pretty top notch. Like this is like top tier dialogue. Um, Justin, what do you think? Yeah, no. So I went to watch it today. I was like, yeah, you know, I want to at least watch the first episode so that, you know, we could talk about it. And I ended up watching all three. Uh, and then I'm like looking up. I'm like, when are new episodes of this coming out? Um, which it's it's on Thursdays. Thursdays is when new episodes come out. But no, um, the soundtrack is amazing. That's James Gunn's bread and butter. Like mm-hmm. you know, anytime he gets to make the soundtrack for a movie or especially for this, like you know, it's always on point with what's going on in the show, which is funny. Um, yeah, the in the first episode one, the opening for the show is fucking great. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I was I saw that opening. I was like, "What is going on?" Yeah, I was like, "What is happening?" And then, like, even in the second episode, like now, like okay, now that I know like these characters, I'm like, this makes it even fucking funnier seeing the <laughs> opening. Now that you know the characters that are like in this opening, um, I that I really love like the first like. 10 minutes of the first episode the the entire conversation with him and the janitor is just fucking hilarious (laughs) where and it's like the conversation in general in the show to me is like golden era like kevin smith like dialogue like Mm -hmm. it is great and it's like him like he's like bro he's like you know 
can I trust you, man? He's like, no, you can't fucking trust me. And he's like, what? He's like, dude, he's like, I went to MIT, bro, and I'm a fucking janitor. Like, what makes you think you could trust me? He's like, you went to MIT? He's like, yeah. And he's like, dude, he's like, you, he's like, I smoked weed with you. He's like, that doesn't mean you can fucking trust me. He's like, in what world does that mean you can trust me? He's like, if anything, you're proving why you shouldn't trust me right now. So it's like that level stuff is great. And like Shannon said, dude, it's, it's gore. like they don't pull any punches with the gore like people get their fucking faces blown off like there's this one part where like this cop's like someone left a piece of pizza in the street here and they're like put that down and they're like why they're like dude that's a human face and they're like oh <laughs> like, and like she like puts it down and so they don't pull any punches there and it's like fun like john cena like anytime he's like in a scene and stuff he's always great and stuff and it's like funny getting to see him i love his uh the other dude that wears the mask mm-hmm. and stuff that you get introduced to in episode, he like, he's fucking funny. And you could tell like, <laughs> he's going to become like more of like part of their squad and stuff like throughout the rest of the season. But he's like obsessed with a uh, peacemaker and stuff. And he's like, yeah, dude, he's like, you know, he's like, you think I, he's like, you think I enjoy going out there and squeezing a guy's head until his eyes fucking pop out of his skull. He's like, cause you know, I do He's like, because you know, I'm a killer and I enjoy doing that. And he's like, but you know, these people, he's like, you know, a lot of them, he's like, they kill innocent people. Maybe they're graffitiing. Like, you know, he's like, it happens, you know, and it's like, they deserve to die. He's like, and even if they don't deserve to die, he's like, you know, accidents happen. Like, he's like, he's like I've killed innocent people before. It doesn't matter. But oh, yeah. so, and yeah, I mean, like it kind of it's funny because, you know, the whole time Peacemaker is trying to make friends and, you know, kind of establish some type of cohesiveness with this bond with this group. But at the same time, he's just constantly bagging on him. Like there's one dude, he calls him two tone because, you know, he says he's he dyes his beard. He's got a fake beard job. <laughs> and like, you know, he's like he's trying to constantly hit on like the other chick that's in the group. And, uh, you know, she's not having any of it. And, uh, you know, and then he goes home and like, you know, he's crying on his bed because nobody likes him. And like, you know, he's he's killed all of the only friends that he has. And then this dude in the mask shows up at the window and he's like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, are you crying? And he's like, no, I'm not crying. I'm working out on my face muscles. He's like, you, know, <laughs> you neglect your face muscles. They're the most important muscles in your body. And the dude just like, oh, he's like, well, you know, I got I got a really skinny helmet because I got a really small face. So, um, you know, maybe you could show me those muscles. And he's like, oh, of course, of course I'll do that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it was like very know, Napoleon Dynamite like type of dialogue. Yeah. It's a and he's like, dude, he's like, is your dick out right now? And he's like, no. And he's like, won't look at him. He's like, that's the type of thing someone who has their dick out would say. And he like, won't look at him. And that like lasts like three minutes of them like going back and forth. And he's like refusing to look. He's like, bro, just look at me. He's like, my dick is not out. And he's like, no, that's exactly what someone whose dick out would say. He's like, you're just don't want me to look at your dick. But like one of, like, one of my favorites was like, because he like ends up killing someone. And then like the beginning of the second episode is him like in their apartment taking like the sheet off their bed and he's just taking all their shit and like all their <laughs> records and stuff and just like it's like dude he's just like robbing them now he's like well they're dead they're not gonna fucking use it so he's just like literally going through their house and like robbing them as like the cops are coming and stuff and he's like they're going through their record collection like looking at like what he's gonna fucking take <laughs> yeah and i do like eagly Eagly is probably like one of the best like supporting characters. <laughs> and for all of you who don't know, Eagly is his bald eagle sidekick or, or pet that uh, basically is with him with all of his hijinks. And 
yeah dude that thing is so so priceless yeah and um with what shannon was saying like i had to look up the reveal for like episode two of who that person was because i didn't know and um it, they're basically kind of doing i guess like kind of what the boys did where it's like you know this character exists it's like a d-list like character in like the old like golden age like dc era and stuff and they're like they've obviously changed it some to fit but they're basically just like this like racist fucking person <laughs> it's literally like the boys where it's like they took this like old like racist fucking like comic book character person and turned them into this like you know white supremacist like fucking cult leader person for the show that wasn't initially like this person like in the comics or anything but they like made them fit this role for the show but but no i'm really interested to see like you know how it turns out i'm like dude i'm like for love of god dc i'm like whatever you pay james gunn it's not enough just give him the rights (laughs) to the dc verse like everyone's like talking about the Zack snyder verse and shit it's like dude i want to see the james gunn verse of yeah. dc because i'm like he's killing it right now yeah marvel's all like yeah, hey, I, you want I, like oh go for it i was gonna say i just like i like a creator that it knows like hey these are fun properties let's have fun with this like let's not make them as depressing as we possibly can like how how about we have some good times with these characters yeah marvel just goes for it with like hey you guys want like crazy cool special effects and you want some uh you know storyline that's going to go over 23 movies and you want some like you want some awesome like top-notch acting yeah like this is our stuff dc's just like you want tits you want stuff blown up you want guns you want like some dude who's like ripped and like you know he's probably going to be like a famous dude famous actor one day but right now he's just kind of mediocre we got that That's called getting in on the ground floor. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, it almost kind of seems like John Cena actually shrank down like muscular wise, like for this, like, I don't know what it is, but he seems like smaller than like when he was in his WWE days, like, you know, now oh, well, I'm sure he's just not on the roids as hardcore as he was when he was, I mean, I don't know. He walks around with his shirt off a lot in the first two episodes and he is a veiny boy. Like, yeah, his arm, his like <laughs> arms right here, like fucking huge. Like I get like his shoulders and stuff. Like he's like pretty lean, like here, but it's like his arms are still like massive. Like when he was shirtless, in the first episode like singing and stuff i'm like dude he's pretty cut like in the Mm -hmm. arms and like chest and stuff oh to be clear i'm not saying he is off steroids yeah i'm not saying the man is (laughs) off steroids i am saying he is just taking less than he used to that is all i'm saying it's true well well all right we're we have gone quite a while so why don't we go ahead and land this plane? Uh, Justin, why don't you take us out here? You know it, guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys, <laughs> for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know what? Head on over to the Discord. We can talk some uh, more spoilers about Peacemaker. I know Shannon hasn't seen episode three, but your boy's eager to talk about episode three. So if you've seen the first three episodes of Peacemaker head on over to the discord and uh we can talk about it in the spoiler group and uh while you're at it you know if you listen to us on itunes or spotify why don't you shoot us a review 
you know, tell us uh, how we're doing and uh, follow us on uh, Facebook or Twitter while you're at it. You know, tell your friends about us, spread the good word of the uh, TPL podcast. Mm. And uh, Zach, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, why all this Kung Fu Dragon Ball bullshit?